22 minutes past four. Last week, early last week, it's taken time to set up the interview. There was an article on the Daily Maverick website written by Justin Ehrenstein, co-authored with Amanda Spurterber, and the, it was titled Age of Disinformation, Building a Next Level Bot to Subvert, South, to subvert Africa's Elections. And uh, six months of investigation led to the conclusion that somebody who had been thought to be a crusading investigative reporter by the name of Anita Petit was actually a completely fictitious persona created by a shadowy Israeli private intelligence company to smear opponents and subvert elections. Uh, Justin is CEO of a company called Code for Africa and with us now via Zoom from Lamu in Kenya. And Justin, good afternoon. There are worse places to be than Lamu in Kenya. Definitely. Good afternoon. How are you doing? All right. And yourself? Great. And um, as you said, this piece that um, we're going to be talking about is the the product of quite a large international team kind of working undercover for, for over six months. What started it off? Um, why did you start looking into Anita Petit or Petit? So, so the, the consortium, which is 30 newsrooms around the, the, the world, is coordinated by an organization in France called Forbidden Stories. And what they do is they look for journalists across the world who've been murdered or assassinated or jailed in an attempt to silence them. And um, we came across a journalist in India who, who had been murdered while looking into information or disinformation for higher companies. So we started digging into kind of her work in India itself, and that led us to the larger kind of global industry. There's a large industry of fairly savvy um, companies out there in Europe, in Israel and elsewhere, largely um, staffed by former intelligence agency people, so from Mossad and other agencies. And um, in this case, we started to look to see what people were doing in Africa um, by creating either these bots or using other disinformation tools to to undermine our societies. Because um, the the investigation is not just about Anita Petit, but she is an important part of it as a perhaps a a fairly sizable example of what can be done, what shouldn't be done, but is being done. Exactly. In fact, she's one of just twenty six of these fictitious um, characters. The Israelis call them avatars. They've got really deep backstories, so they create kind of personal blogs, they create kind of sub-story kind of life stories, um, accounts on multiple social media, you know, kind of fashion, kind of Instagramming type posts and so forth. And it creates a depth of character that you would swear that these are real people. Um, but if you if you really start digging in, you start finding that um, they're completely invented, basically piece, bits and pieces of real people's lives that have been stitched together. And the really freaky or kind of scary thing is that these avatars are being used to manage real humans. So Anita and and um, some of the other characters, there's another avatar called Chloe, for example, um, they used to actually hire real African journalists who think that they're dealing with an expat based in Paris or in Zurich or some other kind of exotic location. And the entire communication is done like this on a Zoom call, or, or via kind of written communication. And in one case um, that we've tracked down, there's an entire newsroom of 17 journalists in West Africa working for um, one of Anita's supposed colleagues, who's also a bot. And uh, what damage are these bots doing? What measurable damage are they doing? What, what, 
What what ways have they managed to change the direction of the course of events? So Anita specifically, who's just the first of these um, these avatars that we're digging into, was very much focused on Burkina Faso, which has been going through a fairly tur- a turbulent period in its history. Its um, elected president um, kind of was removed from power through a coup, and then the, the junta that took over was itself removed by a second coup. Um, the Russian mercenary group Wagner is making a big push to to kind of insert their troops into the country, and they've kicked the French out who are busy fighting a a kind of a religious insurgency. So it's a bit of a, a regional hotspot. And what Anita was doing, um, or her avatar was doing, was writing lots of supposed investigative exposés. Um, smearing politicians, basically the opponents of um, the company that had created her. And uh, they're a company called Percepto International out of um, a place near Tel Aviv in Israel. They had been hired by, it looks like, according to our investigations, the former president of the country. And he was basically trying to do a hatchet job on some of his opponents. But potentially, or in one of the best documented examples, Percepto, using Anita and other tools, also attacked the Red Cross um, in, in Burkina Faso. Um, the Red Cross had come out very critical against the government and the way that it was trying to counter jihadist um, attacks um, by basically indiscriminately then also um, clamping down on normal citizens who were just innocent bystanders. And so this was um, seen as being critical of the incumbent government. And it appears they then hired Percepto to, to do a bit of a smear job. But as a result, they actually planted um, fabricated evidence with a, a major right-wing French media public uh, uh, company who published it un, uh, unsuspectingly, not realizing it was fabricated. And then Anita and her other the other bots then started amplifying this. And it became such a big issue that there was massive public protests across the country wanting to kick the French out, to kind of kick the Red Cross out itself to the point where the head of the International Red Cross had to fly into Burkina Faso and meet with the president to to kind of do a mere cup and apologize and try and explain why they spoke to all parties in a conflict, whether it's a jihadist movement or the government and, and kind of the victims um, who are caught in between. So it's a real example of how um, shadow puppets are used to influence real world politics, but in ways that impact on, on kind of you know, real citizens on the ground people who suddenly no longer get humanitarian aid from the Red Cross as a result of these kind of political kind of uh, manipulations that are happening. Um, sort of on, on steroids version of Cambridge Analytica. Um, Justin, exactly. I, I got a um, message from a listener last week saying that if, do I think that Russia and or China might be persuaded to intervene in some way in South Africa's general election next year because they were concerned that the ANC, which is buddies with them, might lose power, might lose authority, might lose the ability to 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 stay close in close diplomatic and financial arrangements with those two countries. And I, I fired back a sort of fairly flip answer saying I don't think they care enough us, about us to put that amount of energy into our elections next year. But I, but I suppose, you know, reading this and listening to you, if they wanted to, they could and wouldn't have to use Percepto International because I'm sure it's not the only company offering this kind of service. No, it's not. And in fact, the, the Russians have developed a very successful kind of playbook or technique where they subcontract out this disinformation, uh, these kind of campaigns that are run 
to African um, equivalents of this Israeli company. Um, and the reason why they do that is sitting in St. Petersburg and trying to develop content or a campaign that would resonate with South Africans or other Africans is really difficult. So Russians using Google Translate or Yandex Translate. So rather go and find young, bright startups who are political consultants or spin doctors and hire them to create content. And it's not always Russia as in the Kremlin itself. It, even the Kremlin outsources to organizations like the Wagner Group, this private military group, who operates a, a core military kind of operation that you see in Bakhmut in, in Ukraine and in the Central African Republic and elsewhere, where it's frontline stormtroopers um, with machine guns. But alongside that, they have something called the Internet Research Agency, which is a disinformation for hire kind of company that creates exactly the same kind of content. And they usually get paid by African governments with mining concessions or with commercial kind of concessions of some sort. So there's there's a well-developed industry that already exists. China operates slightly differently. And so China rather invests into the back-end infrastructure that controls media and telecommunications in countries. And this is why in South Africa specifically, we need to start looking very carefully at who the shareholders are in, in media companies, in kind of satellite uplink companies, for example. Um, large, there's a single large media group in, in South Africa, the independent group that has a sizable investment from a number of Chinese shareholders with direct links to the Chinese state. Um, and who pushes a very overt line on issues like the Ukraine war. So we see a lot of collaboration between Chinese foreign interests and Russian foreign interests. This is not necessarily any different from what the rest of the world does, but we need to kind of um, push back the veils. We need to understand who the puppet masters are and who's really controlling the messaging that we get so that we can make decisions about whether the, you know, we want to side with the narratives that are coming out of out of Beijing or out of Moscow versus out of D.C. or out of Paris. Justin Ernstein, thank you very, very much for talking to us. Uh, fascinating stuff. And there'll be more from this consortium of international journalists on the Daily Maverick in days and weeks to come.